This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Curry, way downtown, bang, bang, oh, what a shot from Curry. You don't like that, you don't like NBA basketball. 360, foul hit with the sauce. Got it, oh. and one. Fires a long one, oh, nothing but net. Another episode of All Nat brought to you by OTS. I'm your host, Natalie, but most people call me Nat. And this morning, I'm recording from San Francisco. I'm out here in the Bay to see my beloved Warriors. And um, they're going to be, I'm here for the Utah Jazz game, which is tonight, but I'm going to be focusing on our game versus the Mavs. And I have the men the geniuses beside dallas uh, the mavs outsider podcast joining me um to bring their takes probably to check me on some of my luca takes i'm so excited to have them on today uh i'm gonna let them introduce themselves to you tell you a little bit about their podcast where you can find them you guys should definitely check it out they're really good um they're they're really i like their personality so i'm sure you guys will too um I don't know who wants to set it off first, but fellas, I'm turning it over to you. I guess I'll uh, go first. I am Maurice Williams, a.k.a. Reese Williams. Everybody calls me Reese. Mind the Reese on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. Uh, I have the Mind the Reese podcast along with the Mavs Outsiders podcast. Uh, we've been doing this for about a year now. I think it'll be a year in February. Uh, it's been a fun ride it is gone fast a lot has happened in a year but uh i'm looking forward to the rest of it man i'm looking forward to this podcast but i'll uh i'll kick it to my co-host now thank you reese <laughs> all right i'm mike bibbins uh at bibbs corner on twitter and uh yeah the the mavs outsiders uh you may or may not know neither one of us is located in dallas really not from texas um Reese is in Baltimore. I'm in South Carolina. Uh, so that's one part of it. The other part of it is we're not really in the building. So we're not we're not insiders. We don't have the inside scoops. Uh, but we try to give, you know, a balanced take. Like, of course, we're going to have some things that may seem Dallas uh, homerous. And then we're going to have some things that, that Dallas homers would never say on our podcast. So we try to bring a different perspective to, to the Mavs podcasting world. 
Uh, I also have the Bibbs Corner podcast on the side. I do movie reviews and stuff like that. So, uh, we, you know, we're both dabbling in a little bit of a little bit of everything. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to this anniversary coming up. We might have to do something special. Definitely. Um, make sure you check them out, both Bibbs, as I call him, um, <laughs> and Reese are super cool. Um, yeah, we're all part of the Hoot Spaces Network. We, um, if you guys haven't been checking us out there, you should check out Hoot Spaces. But that's how I've come to know these um, two guys, and I, I, I really like them a lot. So I had to have them on. Uh, let's start with the fact that you guys are not from. Dallas, because my initial reaction is not to say, well, how are you Dallas Mavs fans, you know? Um, and certainly my reaction isn't, oh, you're a bandwagon fan. People don't seem to say that to people who whose teams are not, I don't mean this in a disrespectful way, like winning, right? But I'm not from the Bay, but the moment someone finds out I'm a Warriors fan, they're like, oh, you're a bandwagon. Da -da -da -da. So um, talk to me, though, about the fact, um, I, you know, let's start with um, Bibbs. Like, you're not from Dallas. How did you become a Dallas Mavs fan? Uh, so I was a military brat. Um, I bounced around the country all, at all times. So I lived in Texas, not in Dallas specifically, but like in the like within a couple hours of, of Dallas and uh, from the ages of three to seven. And around that time was when Jason Kidd was drafted to the Mavericks and my uncle for my sixth birthday got me, or for my Christmas, the, the year I turned six, got me a Jason Kidd jersey. So as a six-year-old, I was running around in a Jason Kidd jersey. Okay. And I wasn't really into the NBA yet. A couple years later, I was into the NBA. I already had this Jason Kidd jersey. Um, I was playing, I think it was NBA Live back in the day. And they had Sean Bradley, who was seven foot six, who looked crazy on a video game. Uh, Space Jam had come out, so Sean Bradley was on that, and I was like, you know what, this is my team. And I just rode with it uh, from there, pretty much. Um, I don't know, it's it's hard for me. I, I consider myself a loyal person, so once I've, like, grasped onto something, no matter what else is happening in my world, so, like, Allen Iverson became my hero a little bit after that, That's but I didn't want to switch teams. I stuck with the, with the Mavericks, and, it, I mean, it's been a ride since then. So you're trying to say I'm disloyal because I don't think <laughs> nah, I'm just saying. Um, go ahead, Reese. <laughs> uh, coming up, I really, like, in my early ages, I didn't have a team uh, because I was aware that Baltimore didn't have a basketball team. Uh, I was really just an Allen Iverson fan. So around about 2002, 2003, uh, it was 2003 because I had the NBA Live game Vince Carter was on the cover. I started, that was my first basketball game. And uh, I started experimenting with teams and I would play with the Indiana Pacers and I would play with the Houston Rockets. I liked the players on the teams and then I started playing with the Mavericks and it kind of just stuck. And I was like, well, this is my team now. I hear so, you. Um, from like 2003 until now, that's just been my team. Uh, okay. I know, I mean, the, the bandwagon thing you were mentioning, I know people do that, especially when you say you're a fan of a team and they've been successful or, you know, they haven't really had any struggles. People assume you're a bandwagon fan and that's fine. People can think what they want. Yeah, I don't I don't really care, but I think yeah. it's interesting how that's only directed. No one says that to anyone else if they're like a team of like, they're a fan of the Oklahoma City Thunder and don't live there. 
Which right, a lot right, of right. which a lot of people were when Katie and Russ were there, right? Right. No one said to them, Mom, I don't damn Megan fans, you know. So um my story is similar to yours, Reese. I um I'm from New York, but I grew up in South Florida and now I'm dating myself a little bit, but there was actually a time that Florida didn't have teams. Um and I lived there when they didn't. So I mean, I was there when the heat came and the magic came, but I didn't live anywhere near Orlando. I did live in South Florida, but I didn't just be like, okay, this is my, like, you know, you kind of already like who you like. Right. Um, I didn't have a team though. I just, like you, I had a player. So like Magic Johnson was my player. That was my guy. I loved him. Um, as you can see, I have a thing for point guards. And so that was my guy for a long time. Um, and then he retired and I just kind of watched the NBA. I didn't have a team, you know, it was just like I watched and watched um and then uh like I had like the Celtics for a little bit I still like the Celtics actually but I still never was like that's my team but I really love like the big three Celtics with Rondo like I love that squad and then like you know during that time like I used to like always like see stuff and I'm just like this dude something about him so like I would always watch the Warriors if they came to town I would like you know, tune into the Warriors. I go to Warriors games. And then, like, you start to see Clay's development and Dre. And, I, you know, when I actually noticed it, like, one day I just started saying we. And I'm like, oh, okay. Like, I guess this is my team because I'm doing the we thing, you know? And I really just, like, they, they are my team. It's, like, the first time I felt like that. So it started before the championships came. I'm not going to say it was, like, in the dog days of the Warriors, but it certainly wasn't, like, I didn't, like, oh, they want a chip. Let me be a Warriors fan. It, was, it, it definitely wasn't that. Um, as long as you of- weren't a Warriors fan when they eliminated us in 2007 we're perfectly fine oh i know that was a very painful <laughs> no, no thing beef. for y'all i remember watching that and i was just like wow dallas it's bad wow. because like i can say like i'm going back to that year uh i believe the last game of the season there was a chance that we weren't gonna play y'all and like whatever whoever won or whoever lost to like set up that matchup i was like this is the only team i don't want to play like i was like we can we you can were worried y'all. about it yeah, because I knew that they were a terrible matchup for us because you had Don Nelson who basically made Dirk when he came in the league. So he knew all of his weaknesses, how to get under his skin, how to how to make things difficult for him. And that team was one of those teams where it was a bunch of like hard dudes who didn't care what their seed was. They were going to come out and come right. at you and like you were going to have to deal with that. And I just didn't think that that was a good matchup for us. So like as soon as the matchup was set, I was like, ah, oh, crap. Great for Warriors fans, not so great for um, Mavs fans. But speaking of matchups, because that's like really important and people sometimes overlook that. Mm -hmm. Last year with the Clippers, um, most people who knew both teams weren't surprised that Series 1-7 because they were like, Dallas is an awful matchup, you know, for the Clips. Like, why is that? Like, why do they match up so badly with you guys? Because that was two years in a row and it was a longer series than some people think it should have been. Uh, I remember vividly a lot of people uh, were saying, like, Clips in five and uh, the Clips are going to sweep. I went out of my way. I said Clips in six. I felt like we could get two games. But I think part of the issue is uh, even last year, it's changed this year the way J-Kid has uh, implemented defense into the team. But we weren't that great of a defensive team. And when you're going against guys like Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, these long wings we can take you off the dribble we got guys who become kind of unplayable 
uh, Chris stops Porzingis, regardless of how people felt about the situation, uh, was camped in the corner on offense, on defense. He wasn't really much help. Uh, Jalen Brunson uh, didn't get many minutes. A guy who is now our third best player on the team. Some right. people may say second best. I remember there was a game in the series. I can't remember which one. Do you think he's third or second best? Where do you have him right now? I, I still think he's third. KP second? KP's still second for me. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. He's still second for me. Yeah. I think it was a game less in the playoffs where he played about eight minutes or such. And it's because as good as Jalen Brunson is, and we still see it sometimes, he struggles when you put long wing defenders on him. And that's what the Clippers have, even guys like Terrence Mann. And uh, I'm not, how many games did Marcus Morris play in that series? You remember, Bibbs? I remember he got hurt. I think he played the beginning. Even guys like Marcus Morris. It's, it, it was a bad matchup. I say we overachieved. That's why when we lost in seven, I wasn't too upset. But I was. But upset. you guys think it was a bad matchup for you? Because I know, like, on the other side, Clippers feel like, well, I don't know if. I don't know how Clippers fans feel, but I know people mm-hmm. who just like watch basketball and they were like, this is not a good matchup for the Clippers. Um, and I, I have seen a few Clippers people that were saying that going in. Yeah, I, at the time, I, I didn't know any Clippers fans. So I just, <laughs> I didn't see anything. Oh I think my it God. Was, it was Clippers probably... fans catching strays. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> no, the, uh, so the previous year when we played them, I think that they, uh, in, in the bubble, it went to six despite KP not playing the second half of the series and uh, despite KP getting ejected, I think, in game two uh, and Luca hurting his ankle as well. And so I don't think they thought it was a miss, uh, a bad matchup that first time around, but after we took them to six the first time coming into last year, they're probably like, we didn't want to see this team again because KP's healthy and we saw what Luca did to us despite everything. And during oh. the season, though, your games, didn't you guys win? Like, did you guys win the season series? I can't, but like the games we, were always really like tight. We beat them by 50, like the first game that we played them. It was, well, Kawhi it, like, didn't play that game. I Still, like, we, <laughs> <laughs> we had some, Luca, it was some bad blood, basically, it was. from the bubble yeah. situation. So I think that, that that probably was a factor for whatever reason. Like you would think a team with a bunch of six, seven, six, eight guys is perfectly designed to, to deal with Luka. But for whatever reason, that just wasn't the case. Uh, Kawhi basically looked like prime Jordan out there. And we still like were in every game pretty much. So I, as a Clippers fan, if I'm seeing that, I, I wouldn't want to see that team again either. Um, and then the fact that nobody else really showed up on a consistent basis, if somebody does, then all of a sudden we're dealing with a whole different situation. So first half of the series, Tim Hardaway Jr. is actually playing basketball. It was looking kind of scary for the Clippers, but then everybody else disappeared, and that was that. So, mm. Okay, I see. So let's talk about Luca, because you guys know I've been a pretty harsh <laughs> critic of his. Um, he looks like he's rounding into form now, though, right? I mean, he's he's you said rounding, huh? Oh my goodness, bitch! I wasn't trying to even go there. <laughs> when she know? said it, I said, "Oh, she said rounding," but I'm not. But I wasn't. I wasn't even thinking <laughs> no, about that. Like I'm I know. I know. Um, I know his um conditioning and his shape has been a topic of you know all season. Um, which is not which is not good. Like you don't want your star coming in like that. I mean, we know Shaq did it. Handful of players have done it, but it's not ideal. You want, you know, your stars coming in in shape, ready to go, and they set the tone for others, right? And so it's it, that's not ideal. 
but he does look like um he he's he's playing better you know that's that's what it appears to me um is that accurate or what what's going on with them i would say that's accurate uh i think his play has contributed a lot both on offense and some on defense as well uh his effort at least on defense has contributed to the success we've had over the last few games uh obviously with the best play on your team your best the best play on your team sets the tone so we've said it on the podcast before in games when we're losing and luca comes out and he just looks uninterested the players feed off of that and i say when luca comes out and you know luca wants to hoop and he's excited about the game you see it reflecting guys like tim hardaway jr granted Tim Hardaway Jr. is going to take the shot with five seconds off the shot clock regardless. But if he's feeling himself and he's in the game, there's a better chance of it going in because he's feeling confident. Right. So you want your best player to set that tone. Uh, and then when the play is matching up to it, uh, this is the kind of success that you get. Um, granted, Luka wasn't playing terribly. He just wasn't playing to his standards. But when we see that he's playing to his standards, this team can accomplish a lot. We've been competing with some of the top teams in the West and even beating them. So, you know. Well, I mean, it's a similar situation to us, right? Like, Steph is getting, like, a lot of flack. And I'm like, this season for him is, like, a top season for, like, Dame Lillard or, you know, like, Russell Westbrook in terms of, like, their shooting. But it's him. So you're comparing him to his own standard. Um, I remember in the beginning of the season with the Mavs, I noticed like you guys, like before you started dealing with like Luca being out and stuff like that, you guys were winning some games. Your record was decent, but I remember being like, oh, I still don't know about the Mavs because like they're winning, but the wins have been like ugly. They're not like, which is kind of the way the Warriors have been winning lately, to be honest. <laughs> so, but that's how I felt. But the wins now look more decisive. The team yeah. looks better now, you know, and I, I must say, um, I'm a little surprised, mostly because I didn't believe in Jason Kidd. So, and I don't think a lot of Mavs fans did either. Did. Like, I, and so, tell me about that. How are you feeling so far now about the season and, and and the job he's been doing so far? Yeah. So I think so. The first part with Jason Kidd is you know his history of domestic violence. Yes. And our organization being tied to covering up domestic violence. Like, personally, right. that was my first, like, that's the last person that we need to be hiring just from right. an optic standpoint. Second, you know, in his past in, in Brooklyn and in uh, Milwaukee, he was a pretty mediocre coach. Right. All the, like, his, his record was pretty much 500. And then you have the behind-the-scenes stuff about him trying to take control in Brooklyn. Uh, you have the the Christmas Day in the pool practice, like being hard on players right. necessarily. And the so it's iPhone, like, the blue. Yeah, like, <laughs> he, he was doing a lot. He was doing a lot. By and the so, way, I feel his pain on that. If you, if if neither one of you have iPhones, I do not like seeing all that damn grief. Okay. <laughs> I respect it. I respect it. But. Um, but yeah, so like, and I'm I'm a big, and this is like all sports, college, etc. I hate that that coaches get recycled. Coaches get second, third chances before a guy who's been grinding for years gets it's a first a new chance. chance. Yeah. So like Jamal Mosley was right there. Him, him and Luca had a very tight relationship. I wanted Jamal Mosley. The fact that he didn't even get an interview had me upset. So like Jason Kidd was dealing with a lot that he had to overcome for me personally, like right off the top. Um, so then he comes in, you know, I'm like, you know what? I can't do anything about this. We hired him. Let's see what happens. 
And so personally, I said I wasn't going to pass any judgment till about Christmas or so. Um, I wasn't liking some things I was seeing early in the season, but listening to him in the interviews, like one thing was people like, oh, why is Reggie Bullock only playing X, Y, Z minutes? And he was like, this is the beginning of the season. Uh, give us some time. So right. in my head, that's him, me, him saying, I plan to move Reggie Bullock up, but I need to see these guys that have been here for a while first before I start tinkering with lineups and stuff right. like that. So I respected that. And now I think we've gotten to a place where the team has bought into his defensive principles. Uh, he's finally gotten to the lineup I think he wants with Jalen Brunson starting beside Luka, uh, which keeps the ball in Luka's hands less. It, it asks less of him in the beginning of the game, so then he has more to give later on. And um, personally, I I'm, I have no complaints about Jason Kidd's moves, his, his strategies, etc., cetera, uh, except for the late game stuff, uh, which this week has been tested quite a bit. Early in the season, I felt like he was doing way too much in late game situations. Not as far as uh, he hasn't taken it as far as he did in Brooklyn with the spilling the, the drink on the court, but he was just he over. And I I imagine it's which a I didn't mind of, that, but I, I was about to say I think that's a genius move. I don't care what anybody <laughs> says. Yeah, I didn't mind that. As a coach, you that's genius. I'm sorry. Go ahead. As a as a former player. You, I feel like he wants to, and especially as a point guard, like a floor general, he feels like he wants to control things, but he has to trust his players. I feel like he's finally getting to a place where I think he trusts them a little bit. Uh, this week, specifically, like coming into the, our last pod, I was like, look, I hope we get tested. We see some late game situations because that's the only thing I don't trust him on yet. And so far this week, he he's handled it pretty much okay. I haven't had any complaints. So, uh Right now, with Coach Kidd, I, I'm not I'm not a critic. Right now, I'm 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 feeling good personally. Okay. Yeah, I feel that way too. Um, I kind of echo most of Bibbs' sentiments as far as going into the season, how we felt about Coach Kidd. Um, I was aware that some of the Mavs fans didn't want to give him a chance, and that's understandable. Me personally, I said, you know what, I don't like this hiring, but he's our coach. He's not going anywhere, so I'm gonna give him a chance. Uh, I didn't give a actual timetable uh like bibs did like he said with christmas i was just like let's see where it goes but the beginning of the season some things i wasn't okay with but i saw always said i see what he's trying to do i see his vision it's just not being executed yet because for one he's just getting used to these players they're new he's still adjusting to uh certain rotations finding the rotation he wants seeing what players he likes what players fit the system he wants uh, early, I think it was like one of our first three games, uh, we were shooting a lot of mid-range jumpers. And fans were complaining, like, why are we shooting mid-range jumpers? These guys aren't able to do that. He had Dorian Finney-Smith putting the ball on the floor more. Now we see Dorian putting the ball on the floor with confidence, attacking the basket, and that's something I never thought I would this is see. what we always said. Just give those it's, guys a little confidence to help Luca. Exactly. Now he has that confidence. I, I feel vindicated. I wish that Jason Kidd <laughs> vindicated me, but I feel vindicated because I just, I'm sorry, I'm still not saying that you guys have the most elite talent, but I just never loved the no help narrative, as you know. I think the no help narrative comes from, yes, these guys are, okay, let me make a, let me, kind of make a comparison it may be a bad comparison let me know uh a lot of people said lebron didn't have help in cleveland and i always said his first stint in cleveland and i always said 
He did have help. He did. But he had help for winning regular season games, but when it came to the playoffs, these weren't really guys you could rely on. So he didn't have a bad team. He had a good team. If he didn't, if he had a bad team, they wouldn't have won. The, uh, had the best record in the East, I think, two years in a row. What made them stop being guys that you could rely on in the playoffs? Uh, to be honest, I'm not completely sure. But when you got guys like Mo Williams, who are role players, who it's hard for them to really create their own shot. Uh, what do you say, heliocentric offense? Yes, offense but but that's the problem with heliocentric offense. I'll, I'll say this: it the the lights get brighter in the playoffs, and the mm-hmm. game plan is set every day. Everybody knows what you're trying to do, and these a lot of guys shrink. A lot of guys aren't built for that. And so, you know, those wide open corner threes might be feeling good in, in, in mid-January, but in May, they, that, that hoop gets a little smaller. These guys were not hitting shots. The same shots were there that they had in the regular season. They just There's a hitting. level to that, but I, I think, think if you give people confidence all season and, and they're doing more and they're more involved in the offense, right? The, look, this is like the, like, Steve Kerr's the extreme version of that. He's the extreme yeah. version of that, right? But that's why people think Steph has so much help. <laughs> you know, like, honestly, this team hasn't changed drastically from last year, and people are talking about we're a super team. We're not. But if you and, – and, and that's why, like, people – even the old teams, they say was so deep, and I'm like, oh, yeah, was um was Barboza's, like, eight points and, and, and most spaces <laughs> six points, like that. Like, these were not – players the way that people made those teams seem they were not super deep but it's it's the way that they play and so that was always my argument i think that's what kid is trying to do right um that's why that's a coach thing that's not a player thing and that's where i say i I, you don't don't blame that on luca blame that on roster construction and blame that on rick carlisle because i've seen luca play in in uh slovenia with Goran Dragic and he didn't have the ball in his hands the whole time he had it when he needed it and he was effective and he was fine with that but my problem with the whole you know Luca's not letting these guys thrive was that no he was doing what he was told to do he was doing what he was put in the position to do because I mean Carlisle that's not the way he likes to play basketball so like really isn't Carlisle I never understood why would he say like let's play like this you know? Carlisle adapts to his team. He's going to play the way he thinks his team needs to be played. To and be you think he effective. thought that was the best way to play? Because I kind of think Luka wanted to play like that. Did you see Josh Richardson off the bounce in the playoffs? The Just boy saying. was dribbling the ball off. I don't think knees. it was all one way. I think the answer lies somewhere in the middle. I do think Luka enjoyed that. I don't no, think and, it and was. Here's, and here's the thing. I think Mark Cuban enjoyed it too. Mark Cuban wants to have that guy that, that has all the stats and stuff like that. Um, again, I, I do think Luca liked being the guy. He likes to ham it up. He likes to play to the crowd, et cetera, and so forth. But in the playoffs, you can see his frustration as well uh, a lot of times with not being able – like looking for guys to, to do something or like dribbling and nobody's moving and stuff like that. Like You can't expect them to do that the, if you haven't been doing it all season. That's the Cavalier stuff. That's the stuff that was happening with LeBron is that Same thing. they just be watching mm-hmm. them. And that's it. But I say, I don't know if you put that on the individual as far, I think it's a team thing. KP didn't have confidence. I'll say that. KP's confidence was gone. 
Uh, and I do think that that was Luca's personality more than his play style because Luca's oh, um like he's an asshole. He's an asshole, and KP's kind of soft in that mentally. Uh, when it comes to that, like I don't think that they build. I don't think they mesh well on that level. Uh, <sighs> like I can't see them arguing and KP coming out of it okay. Like I, I just don't. When you have a guy like Luca, that Michael Jordan mentality that. I'm going to win the, no matter what. And if you are on my team or not, it's going to be a problem if you're not doing your part. I've, I've seen KP shrink in those moments. Like, I feel like he tries to be what he needs to be for Luka versus just playing his game. But MJ had to learn to empower his teammates for them to ultimately win. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, you can't just be like, I'm going to be an asshole and be a dick. And, like, <laughs> yeah. it's going to be okay. Like, I understand. I understand that, is- that this concept in sports and particularly for men. <laughs> um, it's My like, Candace Parker, hold up. Candace <laughs> Parker do it too. I'm just saying, like, and look, some people are like, Natalie, you're full of shit because I'm not like the, I've had to learn to be better with people who are, um, I don't want to use the phrasing soft because you know, I go to therapy. I know my words now, you know? So, <laughs> but like people have different personalities and yeah. You know, if I had to just build the people I wanted around me, then I probably would pick people who can deal with my um, my direct nature, right? But that's not the way teams work. Sometimes you have to work with people that are not necessarily, you know, the kind of maybe personality type that you want to work with. And when you're the leader, you have to learn how to work with them. You have to empower them. Right. And so that that's always been my thing. I mean, we could take it away from Luca and bring it to Steve Kerr because he gets a lot of my wrath and people think it's not fair, but it's because he has like a one way fits all thing. I mean, pop was kind of like that too. And, you know, people were coming to the aid of pop or on his side, like when Kawhi was there and they were just like, you know, no one ever has problems with pop. I'm like, that's because he had Tim Duncan and Tony Parker. And those guys were okay with the way he coached them. Like Kawhi is not those guys. And like, everybody is different. You know, I'm not sure. I don't want to speculate, but like Jonathan Kaminga, we think like there's things that Kerr doesn't like that he does. And then he gets benched and it's like, like, fuck this bullshit. Like that's like, everyone is not going to be Steph Curry. Like everyone is not going to be like, okay, fine. I'm just going to go with the punches, you know? And like, you have to be able to adjust any good manager. It doesn't matter like what the job is, whether it's basketball or not, you have to be able to adjust to your personnel. Those are the best managers. Those are the best managers. And um, I don't, you know, People just have to be more accommodating. So it looks like Luca's doing better this year. It looks like KP is playing better this year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't know. I don't know him well enough, but for them to really get to, you know, unless you guys get better talent, and I'm sure that's the goal, and they'll always try to do that. But until you get better talent, if you're really gonna maximize the squad, he has to be more, you know, amenable. Uh KP, you mean? No, Luca. Oh, Luca. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, uh, I agree with pretty much everything you said. That's kind of what I was alluding to with the LeBron Cavaliers comparison. I'm just saying, I think there's a lane in the middle where, yeah, you could have more talent, but the kind of offense you're running has a ceiling. I'm not saying it can't be successful, but when it comes to things like winning a championship, that's not, we've never seen that. Honestly, we've never Hope seen it. Doesn't we've work. Never seen a team win a championship like that. Um, 
And people and will I, point to LeBron, but like the Heatles didn't play like that. You know, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. they'll always say like LeBron did it. I'm like, yeah, when? When did yeah. he win like that? <laughs> like when he had guys around him, <laughs> granted, they were like superstars, but he had guys around him. Obviously, you know, when you got guys like Chris Bosch, Dwayne Wade, Kyrie, uh, I don't like what they did to Kevin Love's career, but that's a story. I don't either. We're, uh, we're there on the, we're the same page. Yeah, I'm not a fan of that. But uh, Chris Bosch is either, to be honest. But obviously, you have to share the ball more, and that's why you bring those guys in. <laughs> that's why you bring those guys in. Uh, so, but the Rick Carlisle thing, I remember me and Bibbs said this, and I can't remember how long ago it was it might have been last season it might have been during the offseason or playoffs uh good coaches oh we must have Uh-oh. lost this hear me back in <laughs> what happened <laughs> i saw he was frozen i saw he was frozen but i just kept talking i said i'm not gonna break character i'm gonna just keep going that's <laughs> so good i didn't even peep yeah i noticed i was like he's not holding that face that long by himself <laughs> but um yeah, I was saying, you know, good coaches, great coaches adapt to the players they have. They don't make those players adapt to them. That's what a coach is. Uh, right. uh, you have guys like uh, Dorian Finney-Smith. Okay, this guy can't do this thing. So don't try to make him do something that he hasn't had to do his entire career playing basketball. I'm not saying don't let him dribble in at all because clearly he can when he has the confidence. But – there's certain things you can't ask these guys to do. There's certain right. things you can't ask Jalen Brunson to do. There's certain things you can't ask KP to do. Like sit in the corner like LeBron made Kevin Love and Chris Bosh. You don't ask KP to do that. So uh, I think Jason Kidd, a big part of what Jason Kidd has done, is empowered him with confidence, has implemented so an offense that gets guys more involved. He's listened to them. That's one of the first things we heard in the offseason when he came. He talked to KP. KP wants to play more power forward. That's what he allows him to do. Uh, they said they talked, uh, asked what KP is comfortable with on offense, what he isn't comfortable with. And I think that has an effect on the way KP uh, has played this season. And as long as KP stays healthy, I don't see why he can't continue to play the way he's played this season, this entire team, to be honest. I think there's there's two parts to the welcome uh, back. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how much I missed, but not much. much. I had like a I had a point I wanted to, uh, two points I wanted to make. So first was oh man, oh, the first damn. point. <laughs> I'm gonna pause it. Hold on, hold on. This usually happens to me. So this is the, oh wait, he's right back in. Okay. Okay. This I usually happens about, to me, babe. I was I about to what. pause it. I don't know. I switched from my Wi-Fi to my wire connection, so I think that's what just happened just now because my okay. Wi-Fi was tripping. All okay. right. So the wire, the wired is going now. So anyway, <laughs> what I was gonna say is uh, there was two things. One is that I don't. I hate the the live by the three, die by the three, mm-hmm. which is what we were doing pretty much. And we're starting to do. And <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and and I think that, again, you said starting. That's not what the Warriors were. I think a lot Thank of teams you. Right. got that. Don't confused. realize that. Yeah, the point is that you had the threat of a three all the time with Steph and Clay there, but they were one of the top teams scoring in the paint. 
and and these teams like even the Utah Jazz are doing it. It's like he you have get Steph can score in the paint. I know. Right, like he he's got you got the threat of the three. So then all of a sudden you come closing out all hard, or two or three guys come flying by, and now it's a wide open layup. Which is I see most... why I have these guys on. They know their <laughs> shit. <laughs> and it, it annoys me so much because one, nobody has Steph and Clay. So why are y'all trying to emulate that? You, if they're the best at it, you're not going to beat them by trying to do what they do. You have to do something different. So that's the first part. And then the second part is ignoring the fact that they're one of the top paint scoring teams as well. You have to do that. And as my opinion, inside out is the best way to play offense. Uh, you go because you open up the three point shots. So, so that's one thing I hated that. So the offensive change to uh, kid letting us get more penetration, score inside, and and not necessarily seeking threes as much. You can still see some remnants of that, which I still hate to this day. Uh, but it's slowly getting away. That's more dependable offense. If you're going for threes all the time, there's going to be nights where you're not hitting, and that's a loss for you. Mm-hmm. So if you're able to manufacture buckets in other ways, now you got now you can get, overcome some of those cold shooting nights. It's also then, just not enjoyable to watch. I, I personally hate it. Uh, I will I say, <laughs> while the Mavericks don't have Steph and Clay, uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. might have the shooting confidence, higher shooting confidence than both of them combined. I put on the timeline, I said, if you could give the shooting confidence of Tim Hardaway Jr. to any player in the league, who would it be? The consensus was Ben Simmons, because if Ben Simmons had his shooting confidence, my goodness, and not even shooting confidence, just confidence in general. Seth Curry would be my choice, because he would be Steph, or maybe he might even be better than Steph if he had that confidence. I, I wouldn't go that far, but I understand the sentiment. <laughs> Seth, Seth hesitates on so many shots; it's so annoying. But I mean, um, what was your yeah. second point? You said you had two points. Oh yeah. yeah, the second point is that when now that we're we're a primary, and I, I people have to accept this primary defensive team, like our our defense is what 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 carries us. Where are you guys rank now? I think huh. we're number four. Last time I checked, yeah, um, three or four. Impressive. Number That's one since like December third. So, Still feels weird to say. Yeah, exactly. But when you when your def when your defense is the key to your team, again, it allows you to overcome some of those cold shooting nights. Mm-hmm. So Luca being in a slump didn't hurt us as much because our defense was what was keeping us up. And so then at later in the game, now one Luca's not as tired because Jalen Brunson has been carrying the ball. Uh, other people have been empowered, as we've said, and then he has more gas. And then also the other team hasn't taken off on us because our defense was trash. So now uh, so, he can complete fourth quarter. Yeah, and so now some you can win those ugly games <laughs> and whatnot. So it's it's been fun. Um, I did want to make sure I said that that Luca's biggest weakness is his leadership right now. Um, yeah. That's that's where he needs to grow and evolve. That's where I wanted a veteran like a Kyle Lowry or a Dragic there to put him in his place from time to time because or he does. Rover. Yeah. Is Dragic still a thing? Like, is he gonna maybe get there for the trade or no? It's not. They're, I can't see them trading for him. They yeah. they they would take him, but only if it's a buyout situation. Um, yeah. So it is what it is there. Uh, but yeah, somebody has to be able to put him in his place on the team. Um, and I don't know if we have that player on the roster currently. Yeah, I mean, you know, the thing with Luca. Um, you guys know that I'm I'm sort of harder on him, and I'll acknowledge that he probably definitely doesn't deserve all of my wrath. I don't think he's blameless, but um, I definitely 
you know, and we don't need to rehash that. I'm sure some. Yeah, I heard you mentioned it on the yeah episode. So if you if you listen to the Mavs Outsiders, definitely go back and also check out my episode with SJ, and you can hear more about like my thoughts on Luca. But I I really don't dislike Luca. I know that doesn't always come across. I don't. I think he's um an incredible talent. Um, he has some things that he needs to fix, you know. But I mean, obviously, still having him is a great thing for the Mavs, and I definitely don't love to give credit to Jason Kidd, but he's done, you know, a, a, a better, a better job. And so yeah. um, just objectively speaking, if that's clear and it's, it's evident. And so we have this matchup between the Warriors and, uh, <laughs> and uh, the Mavs coming up, you guys are trending up and we are not, not, not the best of teams right now. We have a <laughs> lot going on. Um, but Steph just hit a buzzer beater for the first time in his career which shouldn't have been such big news, but it yeah, was. Yeah, that was shocking to hear, like, the Well, because he's had a lot of game winners, and yeah. people are conflating them. He's definitely yeah, had different. game winners, but mm-hmm. he just hasn't had a buzzer beater. He has, like, a like multiple shots where he's left, like, 0.01 to, right. like, just a couple of seconds on the clock. And so that was his first buzzer beater. But, like, just to see the joy and, like, the excitement, I don't know if you guys saw it at the end, how they were just celebrating they were just so elated um i'm hoping that that's like a turning point you know from this like little slump we've been in um which people just focus on like steph shooting slump um but it's the whole team it's not Mm -hmm. just steph now some people may say well that's the reason you know it's kind of like what is it the chicken and the egg however that phrase goes like which one is it like which yeah. one is it um people are just like oh they need dre back but like this was happening while dre was here the offense was slipping while he was here what i would say is one of the differences that's why like without dre our defense is actually good even without him but he he takes the defense from another to another level yeah. right and so the defense was still saving them when the offense was struggling. And so if they're not going to play great defense and they're not doing it consistently without Dre, right, they have moments. So like in the game versus Denver, I don't know if you guys saw that, but like they were losing and then they held Denver to 29 second half points and they didn't win the game, but it was right there and they got back in it, right? So they can play like that, but without Dre out there, they don't play defense consistently. And so if they're not going to play defense consistently, then you need Steph not to be Dame Lillard or Russ Westbrook, but you need him to be, (laughs) you need him to be Steph, right? And he hasn't. I mean, um, he's out there playmaking, he's doing other things, but his shooting just isn't there. And um, it's definitely impacting the team. And, And not just, I don't think just like, oh, like shooting, like, you know, guys aren't making shots but it's also the team joy. The Warriors are known for playing with joy. When they're out there, they look happy on the court and you haven't seen that. Like you just haven't seen that joy and that makes the team go, it really does. And so I'm hoping it's a turning point because it has not been enjoyable to watch. And then I gotta like every day get on the TL and defend this light skin nigga and it's getting on my nerves. <laughs> like get your shit together because <laughs> I'm tired of having to defend you to the goofy, you know? Well, the thing is, you know, people been waiting. Steph been having a great season. People been waiting to slander Steph, okay? But like the thing day. is, every day. <laughs> but the thing is, I think Dre not being there really 
hurt Steph's chances of being able to be Steph. Because this was something that um, I'm pretty sure you know Zach for knowledge from the Off the Glass, right? Uh, yeah, this was I don't agree he... with his takes on us, but you can go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I it love him, but I don't. <laughs> it, was a take, it was a take he had on point guards in general mm-hmm. uh, that Steph isn't really a traditional point guard in the sense he's looking to playmake, and that's okay because he, in a sense, has Draymond to do that. So he doesn't really have to worry about uh, playmaking or getting others involved. Dre does that, he worries about his shooting, and when he has to get others involved, he can. Now, with Dre out, it seems like that should be uh, Steph's, pro- well, not primary focus, but one of his primary focuses. Because obviously, It is. Feel- I don't yeah. even see how anyone can make a statement like Steph doesn't get others involved. That's the reason he's right. fucking running around off ball all game. It's right. stupid. <laughs> the ball should actually be in his hands some more. Not all the time. Not, not all the time. time. But, like, you know, like, Bibbs pointed out, like, people thought, like, oh, all we did was just shoot threes. You know, one one of the misconceptions about the Warriors is, like, no, Steph is better off ball. That's not true. The numbers don't even reflect that. He is great in isolation. He's one of the best pick-and-roll players ever. He's excellent on the ball, right? The, the, (laughs) The system and the reason they play the way they do is because if you didn't put the ball in Dre's hands, what would he do on offense? Now... Now, Dre is good. He's good enough to make those reads and do that. So that's the best way to run the offense with Dre handling. But it's not because Steph can't. It's because he would be a liability. He's not guarded. He's not, you know, so, like, the reason you see, even with Steph, with Dre out, Steph is, like, letting fucking Looney handle the ball. Like, why are you doing this? He's always trying to get people involved. Stop doing this shit. Be like Luca right now. That's what you need to fucking do. You, you know? complaining about Looney sounds the way we complain about the white pile. Like, yeah, so I can't tell you. <laughs> I can't tell you the anger that overcomes me when I see the white pile put the ball on the floor and attack the basket. I just, I, I have to ask why. Like the other day, I can't remember what game it was. Dorian Finney-Smith was bringing the ball all the way up the court. With like, pressure bro, on him. It was against the Suns. Chris Paul was on him. Yeah, Chris Paul was pressuring him full court, and he's bringing the ball up the court. Thank bro, you. I get it. I love you got him. this new confidence. You got this new confidence where you're putting the ball on the ground. Let's make sure you do that in the half court. Right. Not bring, not initiating offense. And see, but those are the drawbacks when you empower players, right? It's 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 <laughs> it's it's like a it's a it's 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 Look a delicate dance. It's a delicate dance because the Warriors play like that all the time, and so it like there's times these guys are out there and Steph doesn't get the ball for like six seven possessions. That should never fucking happen. That Unless somebody not... slide once, they start thinking they can ice skate. Right, and so you know. Um... By the third possession, Luca might punch somebody if he doesn't. <laughs> right. And I, I might punch somebody. And I wish, I wish Steph was like that. And and that's the, um, you know, the, that's the cons of the like his personality. You know, it's it's a gift and a curse. You know, last year when we ended the season winning 15 of 20 games, look at how Steph was playing. It was it, you know, so he doesn't 
if Draymond was there, Draymond would not let that many possessions go without Steph getting the ball. So I think oh, no. that I think that is accurate. Uh, He's going to make sure, right? But like it you know, I think a lot of times why we get triggered and we get so offended because the way that it's framed often and sometimes I think it's because people really believe it. And sometimes it's disingenuous because people want to hate on Steph, but they make it seem like he needs Draymond to be like, you know, successful and elite. And we're just like, no, the fuck he doesn't with all respect to Dre. But Dre is not going to let, like I said, seven, eight possessions go without making sure Steph is involved. And, and so he definitely is missed on the offense. He is. But I, I will always say that like, to win it all, we need Dre. The Warriors are not mm -hmm. doing anything without Dre. So I am not trying to minimize Dre on any level. He's so important to what we do. But right now in the regular season, if Steph plays like Steph into his level, they can still win games. They don't, yeah. they can, they can make it without Dre, but he has to play to his level and he hasn't been. Well, those people who are saying and that make about sure Steph. I want you guys as my witnesses on the TL when they say <laughs> that I don't ever fucking criticize Steph and I'm not ever objective. You be like, nah, nah, that is not true. And you guys are my fucking witnesses. Okay, sorry, y'all got me. Lord forgive me. It's Sunday, but you know. <laughs> I will say those people with those Steph narratives are probably having a field day right now with Draymond out. I know. Oh that, my God. I know like, they let Did you guys see two fly. years ago when Steph set the season? What was Draymond doing then? Huh? What what happened? Nothing. What was their record? <laughs> like, come on, what are we doing? Like the short term memory is like the it's like really ridiculous. I will say as a Mavs fan, something you said earlier, I'll back you up on a statement you mentioned about the Warriors. This narrative that the Warriors now have a super team is is insane to me uh the only time the warriors ever had a super team is when Kevin was Durant. on the team that's it and i've said this before the matchup between the uh, Cavs and the warriors where the uh before kd got there I always say cavaliers had a more talented team like, OKC okay, had a more talented team too in that Western Conference Finals when we came back three one. That's what just like the revisionism. Man. Like I always tell people, yeah, they <laughs> won seventy three and nine. But look at this team. Like if I put this, if I didn't tell you their record and I put this team on paper, you would say, uh, fifth seed. Like, exactly. Come on, exactly. Let's be honest. This is why they I'm like, this man is not great, credited enough. <laughs> they played great basketball together, yeah. and that's what resulted. In that record, it's the same thing with the the '96 Bulls. Outside, I don't want to be disrespectful, <laughs> but outside of Jordan, Rodman, Pippen, Ron Harper, Preach. who Ron Harper was wasn't the Ron Harper he was on Cleveland anymore. So, how many people can you name from that team? Preach. And Listen. I always catch people. They say, well, they had Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr was a bum. <laughs> Steve Kerr was a. And bum. this is why he wants. I don't want to use the word bum for people. I'm sorry. Like Steve Kerr no, no, wasn't. No, no, we can call him a bum. But what I'm saying, <laughs> this is why he has this like affinity for like role guys and the 14th player on the uh, bench, uh. right? Like this is why he's like this and it's annoying. Like, bro, like, you know, like the other day when, when Steph makes that buzzer beat, he's like, yeah, just put the ball in your best player's hands. No shit. Why can't you do that all the fucking time? Why? It's like this team, this team just plays so well together. Klay Thompson, in my opinion, is the greatest number two of all time. 
because you can put him really? next. You can put him next to any number one player. Out. I Scotty, feel like you... Scotty Pippen just sent me a DM that said, "Hold up now." First of all, I can't co-sign that. I say I when Clay. I say when I say the greatest number two of all time, I mean a num- not not somebody who is a number two by default. Okay. Someone's whose role is a number two. No, I understand what you're saying. So what about someone like Powell? Powell you think he's better than Powell? I think so. Because I think if you put Clay next, if you draft a superstar, a number one from NBA history, anybody, and you want to put a number two next to them, I'm always choosing Clay Thompson. Okay, so let me ask a question because I, I don't want to get like ridiculed and killed by Warriors fans. But let me ask you a question, <laughs> right? Um Clay has some limitations, right? Mm-hmm. And so this is this is why I always say that, like, when people are just like, oh, you guys needed Kevin Durant. We didn't need Kevin Durant to win. But, okay. like, Steph, like, I always say that, like, Clay was, like, a borderline true number two. Like, he is a number two. But what is your expectation for what, like, a number two is supposed to be? And this is what I'm saying. Because, like, Steph, like, Clay can't create. He's not a no. shot creator. And that's that's one of the things that hurts the team, right? Like right. when I when when people talk <laughs> about the Warriors, I'm like, think about 2016. If Clay was the player that people try to make him out to be, when Steph was hurt, it wouldn't have been an issue because Kerr could have said, Okay, let me go rely on on Clay, right? Isn't that what like the Heat could have done with Dwayne Wade there, right? And I'm not sure that Powell's that guy either. But what what I'm saying is that to me is like really what they wanted. It didn't have to be to Kevin Durant's level, but this is why someone like Jordan Poole is so important to our team. And you you want to get him, you know, there as quickly as possible because he's the only other shot creator on the team, right? He's right. more dynamic. He can put the ball on the floor. He can do more things. Even to an extent, Wiggs can do that a little bit more than Clay can. But Clay is such an elite, elite you know, shooter, right? He's also a really good, um, you know, um, cutter. Like, he can do some other mm-hmm. things. He has a really good mid-range game. So, there, you know, they're definitely – and obviously he's a, he, he was a great defender. We're going to see if he can get back to where he was. So, Clay is a great player, but there's some really important things that I think I would want in a number two that he lacked, and, and that's sometimes where you can see the weaknesses with the, with the Warriors, especially in the postseason. I think the shot creating is a fair uh, a fair thing to say because I've always told people I don't believe Clay can ever be a number one on a team due to that fact. But as far as a number two goes, he can easily take pressure off your number one and open up the offense because when he doesn't have the ball in his hands, you yes. have to account for him everywhere he goes on the offense. Absolutely. And with that being said, he doesn't demand much on offense. He doesn't have an ego. He doesn't demand the ball in his hands. So even if you have a heliocentric type offense, it doesn't hurt his game at all. That's probably a kind of game he would thrive in. You can count on him on the other side of the uh, ball as well on defense. He was prime clay as an elite defender, like top 10, top five Definitely. defender in the league. So, Absolutely. Uh, as, uh, as a number two like that, a number two next to a guy like a LeBron, maybe even a Kobe, a Shaq, defending Shaq in the paint, and you got a Clay on the outside. Now, granted, nobody's going to be dumb enough to come off of Clay Thompson, 
But moving the ball around, someone's going to be open. And knowing Clay off ball, Clay can get open. No, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, granted, it might be a bit of hyperbole to say the greatest number two of all time, but I genuinely feel that way. I love Clay. No, that's so. Clay is great. You know, him, Steph, and Dre, they just fit together so great. You know, um, it, it just works well. And so obviously we're hoping to see him like he's he's still struggling a bit. He's not in rhythm yet, um, which is fine. That's to be expected. I think what's a slight concern, not like alarming, is that the way right now that he's trying to get back into rhythm is not within the flow of the offense. And so it, it's hurting a little bit because he's pressing some. Um, and I don't, I just don't know how long of a leash they're going to give him. I think if Dre was still here, that would be okay. But like with the team all around struggling, I just don't think that they have the room right now to, to let him go that far. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, you know, but we obviously need Clay to get into rhythm, right? Like that's going to be needed going into the postseason. So, and like some people are like, that's the most important thing. And I agree, but I feel like it's still equally as important to make sure that Andrew Wiggins and Jordan Poole are engaged mm-hmm. because we need them too. Like we we do need them. You and see what so, happens when those guys aren't involved in the offense. So right. So you you need them as well. So I mean, how do you guys feel about this matchup coming up on Tuesday, which I will be in the building for live and in the new chase? It's not Oracle, and I've been to Oracle several times. So I'm interested to see what that's gonna be like, but how do you guys, you know, the last matchup you guys like basically busted our ass and um, it was Dirk nice. That's fine. Y'all can have that. But um, <laughs> this game, Draymond will not be there. Right. Um, I expect everyone to be playing barring. Hopefully there's no injuries or anything tonight, except maybe Andre because some things have been lingering for him, but it's not a back to back. So I would expect everyone to be playing. So knowing that, um, how do you guys feel about this matchup coming up? Um, it's kind of ironic because I feel like that win we got against y'all on Dirk Knight really was the win that like changed our season around. It was like really? a, a season changing victory and a stream we were in with one of, uh, a friend of ours, Dalton said this could be like a season changing victory. And I feel like it was because it, after that game, we kind of went on a different trajectory. And that's when we kind of saw, yeah, this is a real defensive team. So two months ago, I would not have been confident. But now, especially with y'all missing Draymond, uh, I'm confident. I don't think it'll be as, uh, not I don't want to say easy, but convincing as a victory as the other game was. But uh, I am curious how we play against y'all with Luka, Jalen Brunson, KP. I'm curious how that lineup of uh, Maxi and KP in the front court is going to fare against y'all. With Kevin now, we Rooney. could put Wiggins on um, Brunson. We could also put GP2 on Brunson. I um, love GP2, man. <laughs> I love G. First of all, let's don't call him the mitten, people. Let's not do that. I That's, don't. He's young love, or I just call him GP2 all the time. GP2. but uh, He likes yeah. young love, so I that we, we do that one, too. Yeah. Wiggins on Wiggins on Brunson or GP two on Brunson, is fine. I guess in that case you just have to pick your poison because if you put GP two on Brunson, 
I'm not really sure if I'm confident in Wiggins doing much against Luka. Uh, and if you put GP2 on Luka, he's kind of too small uh, for Luka. And we saw what Luka did to Pat Bev in the post plenty of times in the playoffs. So I think that's a mismatch. But I think it's going to come down to the front court and how well KP plays. Uh, you have to take advantage of a guy like a defensive anchor like Draymond Green being out. And no offense to Kevon Looney, but I'm not really too confident in Kevon Looney down there. He's good. He's not he's good, good on like he's not good on like a Giannis. No, no, no. But well, um, nobody is. <laughs> I think right. Nobody is. But he's gonna look a lot worse, and he's also gonna look a lot worse without Dre. But he's still a really right. solid defender. I could see him. I mean, he's not gonna shut down KP, but I could see him oh, giving no, no, KP no. some issues. KP might shut himself down. Who knows? That's that's very much possible. Uh, you never know going into these games. Um, who are y'all consistently starting that power forward? Is it Kaminga? Is it Otto Porter sometimes? What? <laughs> I can fucking tell you, you because her at this point in the season just said, like, yeah, that's the thing with one of, we don't know who should be out there, really. You don't know who should be oh, out there. Oh, well, we, we know so, all about that. So, so um, <laughs> like, it was supposed to be that Kaminga – Mm-hmm. who I'm loving, would um, be starting with Dre's absence. That lasted two and a half games, or is it one and a half games? He got a, this is the rumor, I don't know if it's true, but he got a, something happened that put him back in Kerr's fucking doghouse. Um, we tend to think it was because he picked up a tech off of uh, that moron on the Indiana Pacers, a Lance. So it's like, come on. Like, I don't even know if you guys saw that play, but it was so... It was so minor. Like, you know how Lance Stevens, you know, he yeah. he provokes people and he was like, and K, like KP just was like, whatever. He barely touched him. It was like such a weak tech to begin with. And then we didn't see him the second half of the game. So I really hope that's not it. But like, we were winning the first half of the game and then we lost, <laughs> right? So it's just like, I don't know. I mean, Otto Porter is obviously the best person to put out there but there's also the idea that we load manage Otto throughout the season he doesn't play back-to-backs and we limit his minutes because they're gonna ramp up for the postseason postseason and with his injury history um Kerr wants to manage him so I think part of the idea too and not bumping up Otto Otto is that um, you want to keep him at the minutes he's been at and you want to keep him, you know, with that second unit. So I don't know, but my guess is it's going to be Otto or KP, hopefully. I hope to God it's not JTA. <laughs> no, I, I personally, I, I feel good about the matchup. I think it should be a good game. Uh, but the most important thing for me is, and this is, I, it's hard for me to like sit down and say, oh, this is what I think is going to happen. Right. But that last game, KP didn't play. Um, so I'm gonna be. It's gonna be curious to see how how we uh, integrate him into the the offense against a team like the Warriors and what he looks like on defense against a team like the Warriors. That uh, we're not gonna be able to hide him, and I, I feel like they're gonna hunt him. I, I feel like Kerr knows not to hunt Maxi Kleba, uh, unlike a lot of these other teams seem to. But uh, it's not a mismatch. Yeah, like if they if they go after KP, if they put him in uncomfortable situations, then I think that that's gonna potentially uh, be the the key factor to the game is what he does. Steph and Jordan Poole definitely will probably try to target him a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, they're really the only two that can anyway. (laughs) Um, But, you know, Andrew, he's been pretty... It it depends on the team, but sometimes he's pretty good with his post-ups. 
So, um, if Andrew Wiggins played the Minnesota Timberwolves for 82 games a year, he'd probably be all NBA. <laughs> I mean, but he's been really good regardless. No, nah, um, I'm, I'm, I'm really, I'm proud of Andrew Wiggins. A lot of people, you know, even me to some extent was saying, man, this guy might be a bust and it just shows situation matters. Uh, you can't expect everybody to be a superstar out of the gate. That's not who he is. But in an offense like this, a team like this, he fits. So I'm Let happy. Let me ask y'all a question because SJ said something wild on my pod. And well, maybe it's not wild. <laughs> it sounds to like me. SJ. Maybe it's not wild to me, but she said that KP should be an all star. Do you guys feel like that? I feel like KP would be an all star, like injury replacement but not, like, voted in. I mentioned this to Bibbs. We did it on the... Uh, Do you think he should be an all-star All-Star. over Andrew Wiggins? Over Andrew Wiggins? No. No, okay. I have Wiggins over, over KP. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. You guys are a little bit more reasonable than her. I think <laughs> Bibbs had Wiggins getting voted in, didn't you? I mean, the actual votes have him getting voted in, but I, I didn't have him in my starting lineup. I had him... No, in, not like, starting. In the reserves, right? Yeah, I had him in the, yeah. the reserve group. Wait, did I have him starting... No, no, you I didn't, didn't have him I start. He might there. start, you're right, because of the votes. We have to yeah, see what yeah, happens yeah, yeah. with the players and um media because they can the fan votes now only fifty yeah, percent. But he yeah. has a good he has a good chance of starting. Which I I thought he would make it because of like all the different players being out. So mm-hmm. I think if like Paul George didn't go down and Anthony Davis, it would have been a little harder. Exactly. Um but Same I for KP. I, Right, but I think with that, like it, it opened the door. So I think he would make it regardless. I didn't think he would start. I thought he would be a reserve. So if he does, that would be pretty tremendous. I had him over Draymond. I think that's what what Reese might have been trying to say. Did I, you? I said Wiggins would be the second guy for the Warriors over Draymond if there was only two. Yeah, really? Bibbs had Bibbs had Stephen uh, Wiggins, and I had Stephen Draymond. I mean, it should if it's only two, it should be Stephen Dre. Um, there was a point that I was like, there's no way we deserve three, but we now have the second best record. I don't know that that should change things too much because some people it does, you right. know, um, rather than the first record. But I don't, you know, I don't see the coaches who do the yeah. reserves. I don't see them saying Wiggins over Dre. I don't, I don't, I don't think that. I don't have a problem with a team getting three all-stars based off of their record as long as like, it's like, okay, this person really deserves to go. Like, I mean, even if injury replacement, you know, like uh, somebody goes down, obviously Paul George and AD won't be there. I don't know if they'll still get voted in or if they'll purposely leave them out. But uh, I could see Wiggins getting in that way, and that way y'all will have three. Uh, but if someone else was to go down or even with those two, I think KP could make he, he has a possibility. I'm not expecting it. An outside chance. Yeah, yeah, he has a chance. He'll be the last guy, I think, or last forward to get in type of thing. I mean, I would I would say that KP probably deserves it over someone like Brandon Ingram, who I've been hearing people say, and I'm just like. Yeah, they like 13th in the West. Yeah, I'm like, this is, this is <laughs> you no guys are getting out Brandon of hand. Ingram. No, he's no been great, yeah. but like winning has to matter at some point, and I exactly. just feel like. People have gone away from that. So you guys are in what what spot right now? The fifth? Fifth. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Okay. There's a little bit of a gap between five and four. So are there is there anything else upcoming about the game? You said you think KP could be the key to it. Um, are there any other like individual matchups within the game that you guys are gonna be paying close attention to? 
I mean, me personally, as a fan of basketball, I'm a superstar matchup guy. I love stuff like that. So I'm also obviously going to be looking for the Steph versus Luka matchup. I, I can't mean, even be excited. I don't know what Steph I'm getting anymore. Hey, look, that's, <laughs> that's the most exciting part. No, it's <laughs> not. If I swear getting... if he lets fucking Luca come in here and act like a fool and he doesn't <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be looking for your tweets on the timeline, I promise. <laughs> well, one thing I do not do and people don't like about me is you're never going to hear me bash Steph Curry. Like, right. even when he's fucking up, I'm just like, okay, Steph, come on, we need you to get it together. Stop you mentioned referring. That on, uh, be I more aggressive. Yeah, and people don't like that about me, but like, that's like, you know how you talk about loyalty um, Bibs, like that's me. Like I'm loyal to the, and I'm never. That's my fucking guy. Like it's like why I'm not bashing my guys. None of them. Like that's <laughs> craziness, and I'm not doing it. That's like that new era SJ, shit. I don't do that. Like but, you said, the SJ Dirk is Teflon, so we understand. Yeah, and I and I think like I do think there is a time when a player gets to that, and they should be given that respect. You know, whether or not people think Luca has earned that, I I have said that I didn't think he had yet. But, you know, when people are just like, you got to hold players accountable. What the fuck? Hold Steph Curry accountable? Like, what the (laughs) fuck does that even mean? That is such a stupid thing to me when people say it. I don't even know. I'm going to hold a man who's won two two MVPs and three titles accountable. Like, he saved this damn franchise. Like, he's Teflon. And by the way, so is fucking Draymond, and so is Clay, and so is Andre. Like, that's it. Those guys are Teflon. I'm not gonna talk shit about them. But... I'll say... Steph is Teflon, but from an outsider perspective, those other guys can get some criticism from me. <laughs> First of all, Clay is the one who is Teflon. He gets no fucking criticism for everything. Actually, from yeah, I, I and, love and, Clay and, and, it, and it shouldn't be, <laughs> but it shouldn't be the case because, like, if you really examine some of the stuff Clay does, you could be like Clay. Bro, like you never pass the ball. Yeah, that first some game of, back, he was wilding. Some of his postseasons, like. I think you guys have been in the hoop spaces chat, so you've seen people debating with me. But I'm like, he, like he has these big games, and so people are like, game six, Clay. But there's a lot of variance and inconsistency with Clay in the postseason, if we're being honest. And so, but it doesn't matter. He gets no, like, no one. Yeah, his personality is so likable. Like, right yeah. within Warriors, outside no Warriors, people are like he's a killer. Clay is great. Clay is great. <laughs> So he's really, truly Teflon. People don't like Dre. He's polarizing. Yeah. Some people have said I'm the Dre of Warriors Twitter, which I'm like, wow. (laughs) I don't know if that's a good thing or not. (laughs) I used to be one of those people. I wasn't a fan of Draymond. But after a while, I was like, this is the kind of players I like. I like dogs. (laughs) Like, I like Matt Barnes. Matt Barnes is one of my favorite players of all time on Matt the court. Matt Barnes was really good. Yeah, like really role good. players, like dogs. Draymond, after a while, I was like, I just gotta respect this guy's game. I used to be one of the ones to say, oh, well, he's nothing without Stephen Clay, and I'm like, at the same time, he elevates them. He helps them. Yeah, he's, he's important to that impactful. team. So. He, Dre is our second... You know, there's always this debate about who's the second best player on the Warriors. Um, I would just say, like, with with Dre and Clay, it's like a two A two B thing. You know, it, it's really hard because there's definitely a strong argument for either. But I definitely think Dre is the, the second most important player. I do, um, and I don't. I don't really think that could be disputed because you see no. that they were still winning at a high rate. 
this season, even with, with Clay down, I'm not sure if it would have been the same if it was Steph and Clay. I still think they would like yeah. be a good team. But you know, just what's what what Trey is a top 10 walking defense all on his own. So when you already add that to a good defensive team, that's when you get, they were like at the beginning of the season playing like at, like at a historical defensive rate. So um, he's so important on the defensive end, but he's also really important to the offense and that gets lost. So um, he's, he's, he's critical and really crucial to the team. So he, we're missing him, but I'm looking forward to this matchup. I don't expect it to be like a route, like the last game. Yeah. So I think, you know, I think like during the stretch while Dre's out, you're going to see some more closer games. They're going to be some more competitive. So I think it'll be a good game. I think it'll be a good game. Um, I'm hoping for us that that last game was like us getting back to our way. So that's, 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 <laughs> that's my hope. I imagine you guys have a, the Mavs coming into uh, Chase and, and grabbing that game. Is that your prediction? Uh, okay. So I got to be honest here. Um, I'm not expecting us to win the game. Okay. Why not? But because honestly, the Warriors are still a good team without Dre. I know we've competed against the uh the best teams in the West and in the East, uh, defeating the Bulls. But there's issues. Well, not issues that I saw, but after that Phoenix game, oh, Jesus Christ, the Phoenix game bothered me. Yeah, it end. bothered me too because y'all were supposed to beat them. But go yeah, ahead. that 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 was a winnable game. And right now, I do feel that Phoenix is slightly better than Golden State. It's like a small gap. Those are my yeah, slightly favorites. better with us missing people. At full strength, no. <laughs> Fair enough. No. But. <laughs> Uh, I feel after that last game, the Warriors, especially the Warriors at home, uh, it, it's not gonna, it's not gonna go the same. I can eerily see another Phoenix Suns type of situation where it's either a close game or we give up a lead and we blow it. And obviously, I'm not wishing this to happen, but you're just basing it on like what you've seen so far with your team. Yes. I'll say, you know, usually I, I don't do my predictions until the, the current week is closed. And, and, like, I like to do it off the dome on our weekly forecast at the end of our podcast. I'm sorry. Uh, but, I won't force you if you don't want to. No, no, no. For this particular circumstance, I I, I, ex- I will say that I I don't necessarily expect us to win, but I will be disappointed if we do not win based on the way we've played, based on where we are as a team. Phoenix Suns don't count. Like, they have our number. Like, I just don't expect to be always at this point. So, like, they did what they do. Chris Paul walked us down. I mean, it is what it is. Uh, but this, I saw this some was... questionable decisions, though. Like, that was a winnable game. And to me, that's about your execution and closing. Like, even if they're more talented, um, yeah. I think, you know, what reset is spot on. Like, you guys just have to figure out how to close, and you're still learning. But, I mean, you guys played them well, you know. It looks like once Phoenix isn't Phoenix. unbeatable. They just they have a process. They have no. They have the continuity. <laughs> they have the continuity of playing together, so they know what to do. Um, so they look unbeatable, but they're not unbeatable. So don't talk like that. Okay. When Phoenix ahead. went on that run, it kind of looked like we gave up on like defense and the offensive end, and I was like, okay, this game is over. 
Like once the body language shows it, this game is over. Oh y'all tweeting and the stuff and that, that was saying. That won't hurt because I wanted it. Like that's that's the monkey on our back right now. It's the Phoenix Suns. So the fact that we lost that game and I, I gotta wait a while before I can try to see that again. It, it, that that sucks for me. Was but that the played, first time y'all played them for the season, or the no, second? No, we, we lost to them twice when Luca was out. And do you play them fashion. two more times or one more time? I don't know. Do we? We might not play them again. We might not play them again. You only played them twice hurt. so far. Three, we played them three times total. We played them twice. Oh, okay. Time, and then the game. And the thing week. is, we played them twice when Luca was out, and we almost won. Both of those games were winnable. Exactly, we lost, like, and they which is why you can't say they have your number. I won't. I won't even. I won't even let you talk about the maps like that. <laughs> even outside of this season, like historically recently, the Phoenix Suns have had. I don't know. The Suns, fuck the Suns. We, I don't know why we just can't beat that team. It, it. We need. I need that for my soul. Like, my so soul you would not want to see them in the postseason. No, not at people all. talk about the Clippers like, oh, y'all don't want to see the Clippers again. I want to see the Clippers again. I don't want to <laughs> see the Phoenix Suns. The Phoenix like, Suns are like, if I had to put a list of teams that I don't want to see in the playoffs, the Suns are number, Suns are number one, 100%. Okay. Gotcha. Um, not that I, again, I don't think that they have the, the talent to make me say that we can't beat them. It's not a talent thing at all. It's not a, mm-hmm. a matchup situation at all. It's just something about that they got team. That number. They, 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 we just can't get past them, so. Yeah, that's the last team I'm trying to see. Utah um, not on that list. The Warriors are also not on that list. So, in my opinion, so that's that's where I'm at with it. Um, hmm. I I mean, again, they the Warriors will probably the Warriors will probably be a team that I wouldn't like, want to see necessarily. But if we matched up with the Warriors, I'm not gonna say, oh, this is an L. Um, I I think that that could be a sexy series, six seven games. Is Utah on that list for you? Not right now. They they okay, like just they shouldn't. They should be, but the way that they they operate, I'm not gonna pretend that, that they aren't what they are. So just checking because I know you Don, got Don that Rudy Mitchell's, bias. Donovan Mitchell still Donovan <laughs> Mitchell, so he's still gonna shoot 40 times whether it's a good shot or not. So, all right, fellas, this has been wonderful. You guys, um, you see why I had them on? Like they're great. <laughs> No, I really enjoyed this conversation. I really did. I did. I was looking forward to this. It definitely, it was definitely fun. Yeah. Hopefully we, hopefully we can come back again someday. Oh, no, definitely. I mean, I think, um, how many more times? This is only going to be the second matchup and we're going to see you guys two more times. So we'll definitely try to get you back on, um, you know, it, before I'm a planner, so I plan kind of ahead. So <laughs> I had like had like a lot of people like set up. And then as the season unfolded, it starts to be like, oh, maybe this wasn't the right time to have this on or other things happen. You want to bring people back. So I definitely know I will want to have you guys back on again. I don't know when, but I definitely would um, just, you know, even if we're just talking about the postseason and like the matchups going into that. So we definitely need to make it happen. Thank you for coming on and blessing the show. Thank you for all the great insight. Um, thank you for um exposing my listeners to some info on the Mavs that I'm sure was appreciated. I'm looking forward to this game. I always want the Warriors to win <laughs> against everyone. I don't ever want to lose. So, of course. Of course. Um, no, I really, I don't know what to expect in the matchup. I think it's going to be a good game. Um, I think the Warriors edge it out, but, you know, I think it'll be a good game. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. expecting a good game. Uh, yeah. Is this going to be televised? I don't know, and I can't get up and, and check. Let me check. I don't think because, it is. Oh, yeah. the Warriors game, yeah. 
Uh, I will say we actually don't play the Suns again. I just double checked that. So that's um, it for this. Okay, that sucks. So that's that's Dang. it for us and the, the Suns. Uh, looks speaking of the Suns, they're the the ten o'clock game on ESPN on Wednesday. Tuesday night. I think that is a national TV game, right? Yep, it's TNT. There you go. Okay. 10 o'clock. Yep, so it should be good. Oh, it should man. be good. Look out Nationally televised TV. game. Yeah, the Mavs <laughs> losing. Oh, yeah. That, that you made me realize it's nationally yeah, televised. Yeah, it's, it's nationally televised. Congrats. We're losing. Congrats we don't do well under the bright lights. <laughs> well, people say the same thing about Steph, supposedly. So, um, we'll see. It's going to be a good game. It's going to be a good game. I think generally speaking luca and steph bring out the best in one another so um let's see let's see all right guys enjoy the rest of your day thank you for um getting up with me so early on this sunday morning (laughs) and um i will see y'all on the tl you guys check out mavs outsiders pod um and bibs corner and reese i forgot your mind of reese Mind of Reese, there you go. I'm telling my brain, my brain. But no, seriously, I've listened to all of their pods. Like, I've checked them out, and it's really great content. So um, I bring people on the show who know basketball, but also, like, who put out good content because I want, you know, people who listen to my show to be exposed to others. And I'm always about supporting Black content creators. So give them a try. You won't you won't regret it. Thanks, guys. Okay. Thank you. Oh, thanks, you. Thanks for having us. Thanks for Take having care. us. And I have hope a... you enjoy the game tonight, too. I well. know. that <laughs> I need to win while I'm here. No losing <laughs> while I'm in town. Feel me? <laughs> I respect it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Until next time, make sure you follow, follow, support, download, rate, review for any podcast. It helps us. We need it. Thank I'm you. Um, until next time. All right. Peace. 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 <laughs>